0: Hey, this is Bob and the Don't Die Podcast, brought to you by Ohana Fest down in Dana Point, And brought to you by Live Nation, bringing you concerts all over the world. It all begins with getting off drugs, people. Let's go out and live life. Get sober, get the right treatment for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. That's what our theme of our show is. To not We're die. We're trying.
1: We're trying. I mean, We're doing our damnedest, aren't we? Is it?
0: Is it for us three not to die, or is it for kids on fentanyl not to die? I get confused all the time.
1: <laughs> Lately, oh, at it's our been age us. now,
2: it's going to be us. So yeah, yeah, it's going to
0: be. I heard a guy, a guy died today that I knew that was sixty three, and I was like, shit, sixty three. I'm sixty two. I always do that comparison. When it's eighty six, I'm like, I'm good for twenty more years. When it's right. sixty three, I'm like, fuck that. I forget what who do? was the
1: dying. Huh? What are you going to do with your last year, Bob?
0: Some people just know, but some people don't know. It's just like you just have a massive heart attack and die. Like it's crazy.
2: <laughs> yeah. Is that a good way to
0: go, or is it better just to linger on? <laughs> That's um, probably the, best,
2: probably the best way to go. But the, the uh, what's is, funny
0: is
1: that you're just thinking this thought. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no, but well, I think about it all the time. Part of my thing is like somebody said, "How come you have a podcast that has the word death in it?" And I was like, "Because it's like what I all I thought about since I was eight years old." But uh, but well, you know, because I grew somebody. up, so I grew up at a nursing home, Westover Sanitarium. Elijah's been there. Our guest tonight. It's on Oh My Life. Is he driving though? I'm hoping he's going to get home so we got better reception. So everybody, (laughs) our guest tonight, our sit-in co-host, because the three of us are basket cases in one way or another, is my son Elijah. A lot of people know I have a 37 years, soon to be 37 year old son, correct
3: Elijah? Yeah, yeah. couple couple weeks
4: here.
0: Twenty-six. Am I, am I a good dad? Is it the twenty-sixth of November? I don't even remember it is. being
4: there. Uh, it
1: is. <laughs> two in a row. For yeah.
0: And and uh Mike was there when you were born. He was with me that day.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and he's like, you know, Mike Martin's take on Elijah being born is like, what the fuck are you gonna do?
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you said, I don't know.
4: I don't now know you've gone done do. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Because uh Mike, you were in the band then, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah. And Mike was uh not a guy that you ever thought was gonna have children, did you,
4: like <laughs> He's not a guy not when I was not gonna when I was have children. three yeah. daughters.
0: <laughs> no, and there's so many fun interactions of me, Mike, and Elijah. Uh, check that you can see on YouTube. There's one. So, when I would have him, you know, there was times where, you know, I, I was like, you know, our disease gets worse over time. So, he's born in '86. My disease is not fully pronounced, it's still got seven, eight more years to get fully pronounced. So, there were times when I could hold it together and he could come for a couple days and whatever. And there's one time where I, I think I had stopped. Doing drugs because Chuck my favorite thing to do was to stop one and then everyone would applaud you and then I would just go harder (laughs) on the other (laughs) right people don't know this (laughs) I didn't drink for for, (laughs) almost two years I didn't drink for almost two years I only did heroin and crack Chuck
4: (laughs) and everyone was everyone was happy
0: about it (laughs) everybody was happy about it until the crack kind of got more pronounced
4: yeah, that's right. A bad thing. But yeah. I
0: realized the drinking was ruining the concert. So, anyways, oh, I just stand at my house. I kind of had it together. I think it was the Barham house, Elijah. And oh, yeah. I had I a remember. gig. Uh, I had a gig, and you know, and I didn't know. Like, is he going back to his mom's? I kind of lived in a fog, Chuck, of alcohol and drugs. I don't know if you're familiar. I didn't know what day it was a lot of times. But luckily, he was young enough; he didn't have to go to school, so I never had to keep track of that so I'm that's great i I think my girlfriend at the time maren told me you know you have a concert tonight and elijah was there and i would it was best when he had his his uh x-men cards and he would just stay put in one little spot that was i remember that so (laughs) x-men
1: were they x-men cards elijah
3: Yes, they were. I gave them all to Elvis a couple of years ago. <laughs> Damn! No, they're in. They're in Bob's oh, house now. Can,
0: Elvis got him. I thought he had that uh, whatever on the spectrum because he would recite chapter and verse of X Men. Like, did you know that the Wolverine has claws that come out of his thing? And he would recite it in this hypomanic kind of state. And I was like, oh my god. Holy moly. But, uh, <laughs> my, my no, mentality. I'm telling you, like in a real mechanical weird way. Elijah, you know you <laughs> did that. It was a weird... I know, I... <laughs> like a fanatic about this shit so he would just put them all down on the ground in the bedroom actually and just sit there for hours so i didn't even really notice he was there and the man tells me you have a concert tonight and i'm like like, wait you can't brush
1: over that i didn't really notice he was there
3: Kind of like the guy
4: who (laughs) memorizes all the the
0: room (laughs) if you walk into the room he start telling you about wolverine or cyclops or something it's just like too much
4: I was gonna
3: say I, I don't know where I get that from. It's kinda like some guy that memorizes all the bass players' of Montrose or something. <laughs> 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 oh
0: God, well, Bill, Church. Had, Bill Church. Bill Church, mighty Bill Church.
3: I had so, Klingon uh, show off the, the crazy brain for it. He was like he was introducing me to a friend of his and his band and he's like, Who is the engineer on this record? And I was like, blah blah blah.
4: Then yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was there like the is. guy was
3: shocked. Then he was like, do it to him. And I was like, what's your <laughs> name? And he told me his name, and I told him every band he'd been in for 20 years.
0: So it hasn't ended, but I just don't live around it that much. So, anyways, we gotta go to the show, Chuck. We gotta go to the show, and you know, I have my my show ritual that you really don't want a five-year-old around, right? um but you know you can this is i'm saying this is early in my addiction later on i didn't care at all i take him to christmas with a crack pipe in my mouth but earlier when he's four i have this concert (laughs) at this this place and so i didn't know and he was with me and whatever and so then i just walked out with him and put him on the drum riser with two martial amps aimed at him and everybody that's ever watched the video is like he doesn't have headphones on i'm like I wasn't a headphone dad.
4: <laughs> he's, just, he's just sitting up on the drum riser right at that, Hey Elijah, at can power. you hear us? Can you hear us?
3: I can <laughs> hear you. I can hear you loud and clear. I can't believe Good. it. I don't know how. <laughs> no. And, no and who was the
0: guitar player at that concert? Mike Mart. Mike Mart. <laughs> and he's like, he what's the? Sick? He comes over to me at one point. I remember, like, he's like. Are you going to get the kid off the stage? <laughs> like, what is it with the kid?
1: <laughs> Your kid's <laughs> eyes are vibrating. You
0: might want to move them over. <laughs> oh, my the God. On. The other thing that you can tell a drug addict dad, when the mom hands over the drug the kid to the drug addict dad, they return home however many days later dressed in the same clothes that they came
1: in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, and not because you washed them every night either <laughs>
4: that, because, That's, that's what know, I would say I,
0: I did have a washer and dryer My secret was put it in the dryer With those little uh, dryer cloths And, I, and it's fine And go again
4: Yeah, yeah. absolutely Good, yeah, good parenting advice
1: For, for the Gen Zers out there for I my mom I
3: come home with a suitcase full of clean clothes
1: Yeah,
4: there you go,
2: Elijah. How's your baby?
3: He's doing great, Mike. He's doing great. Mm -hmm. Seven months in about a week here, and he's huge, and he's happy, and he's starting to try to talk and crawl. It's been amazing.
2: And your lovely wife? And your lovely wife?
3: She's doing great. We just got back from a family Mm -hmm. trip to Miami. He got to meet his his great great grandmother. Is still alive. And he awesome. got to hang out with her and four generations of the family. And we were at a spa hotel. They put us up for this big thing Jean had, this uh, panel I discussion. I saw the poster.
0: I saw the poster. Yeah. So she DJed at that that thing?
3: Yeah, they had a big panel discussion. And uh, and she DJed with all the other panel members. Uh, it's this and thing what called is Data-
0: Miami? So so I, I want to investigate Jean a little bit. The, so <laughs> yes. what is because it's oh stuff, you, don't, you don't you don't talk about it amongst family chuck, but on a podcast you can. So oh. so the
4: Miami the Miami. Oh, no, shit. Let's get no
0: I no, I I'm, I'm just talking about DJ stuff. So the Miami yeah. sound that she's so much a part of, what really is it because I, I don't I'm not really the most well versed DJ
2: music person. What is what is uh, her cause it's there's world drum and bass music, it's world music, it's Cuban, it's Afro, it's like Awesome, it's all, is it got of, a, it's all got sorts a, of it's dance
0: got stuff. It, it's techno beats with, with afro Some, over top. Not really, sometimes. I mean, <laughs> she's playing,
4: she's really
3: all over the map. You can, she's a great, great selector and curator, and uh, she's really all over the map. So, her set had you know, like contemporary electronic music and like you know, some older dance stuff and then Stevie Wonder ribbon in the sky and then, you know, traditional well, when she plays, when
0: she plays Stevie Wonder, is the drum beat going underneath of it? Like bass and drum, is that going underneath of it?
3: She doesn't really, she doesn't really uh, she like mixes on the decks, but she doesn't put a techno beat to things really. She doesn't? No. How do you no, line up just,
0: the beats? I, th- I find DJing just chuck i know that you're a guitar player bass player punk rock musician there is a sophisticated music out there called electronic dance music that has <laughs> oh, yeah. all these computerized ingredients and it's and i i was i was at a music, I was at a music <laughs> thing the other day and i was talking to a manager of djs right and i was like can you tell me the difference like how can it all be called electronic dance music if it's Skrillex and FKJ? Like there's that's a pretty wide that's like saying all rock music is Bob Dylan to The Locust. I mean that's a pretty big <laughs> range of, of, but, you, of music. but you
1: could say that though.
0: No, no, no. I'm Bob sure they, I'm not sure rock got,
1: music. I'm sure they've got a thousand subgenres once you get That's into what it. I'm
0: saying and I'm trying to ask yeah. like what is her sub genre called?
3: I don't really feel like she always says uh, uh, genre, like genre non conforming for her radio show. Her radio show, if anybody wants to hear, it's called Port Elsewhere and it's on Bedcrumb Trail Show. Uh, yeah, this is
0: once, this, once a month. How, well, get this. So get this, Chuck. So I've, I've been talking with some people that are involved with K-Rock, right? Do you actually know these streaming radio platforms have better numbers than K-Rock? That's that Yeah, because k Rock playing the same 10 songs they
3: played when I was in the third grade.
0: I know, <laughs> I but, but know to, Elijah, <laughs> to, to us old grandfathers, it's impossible to think that a website we've never heard of actually has more <laughs> listeners than K-Rock. But it does. that was I, the only thing I, for so long. It was huge. But how yeah. but how do you know
2: breadcrumbs? That's the thing I went on it cuz Elijah told me about it, but but it's crazy. The world has changed they, so they fast. They find it. They find it, man. They find it. And K-Rock really sucks. It really <laughs> oh, sucks. Yeah, it really,
4: I mean,
3: you sucks know,
2: so bad, dude.
3: I'm sorry if they belong <laughs> to your sponsors or anything, but yeah. Yeah, you know, like- I'm going to get in trouble now. <laughs>
2: Jesus. Mike Martin
3: has one opinion. Just, I think that people just started. You know, they the record thing kind of ended, unless you're crazy on the spectrum like me and Gene. you have thousands of records, Bob. Like,
4: yes.
3: I just, I just, you know, for a lot of people, record collecting and digging and finding new music just became this online thing, and it just, and it just decentralized. You know the way that we listen to music, and we don't, you know, you don't need the radio to tell you how great No Doubt is in 2023. Don't want to hear it. Well, well you know, maybe I love, I still love okay. No Doubt. No Doubt now was one of my favorite
4: bands. When he I was is a kid. my
0: son, Chuck, because he just put his foot right in it. So in 1996, <laughs> in
4: 1996
0: or seven or eight, by the time we moved to Boylston. Elijah was very much a fan of no doubt. And that kingdom the come biggest. record, the I, the That biggest. kingdom come record to come out. And so it's like constantly playing in our house. You can hear it down the hall. It's just constant. Is that that the, one with did, spider the webs God. on it? I'm
3: just a girl. Yeah, it's one. got,
0: I'm just a girl. Right.
3: Yeah. Tragic yeah. kingdom.
0: So tragic kingdom. It's constantly playing now. I didn't dislike them. I knew them from before Fleet produced their demos. Like, I liked I liked, No Doubt. They were like a ska band. They played with Fishbone and whatever. But then all of a sudden, my 12-year-old is just playing this constant fucking music. So <laughs> I had a show at the Doll Hut. And <laughs> The Lonely's Monster was back together. Probably Mike played at that. Mike, didn't you play at that show? 1998 at
2: the oh, Doll Hut? I don't know. Oh, yeah, I did, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we're playing there, and I tell the story about how much I hate No Doubt because all that's all I hear all fucking day long because of Elijah. Uh oh. It turns out Tony and the drummer were sitting at the bar. Adrian. They loved, Adrian's yeah, a good guy. And they, they love Thelonious Monsters. they loved they Monsters. But
4: I don't mean, <laughs> mean anything against No Doubt.
0: I didn't. I was yeah, just talking about know, how much I hated them because I—that's all I heard
3: constantly
1: I'm against them. I was just talking about how much I hate
3: them. You know? And then <laughs> you wrote a song, and then you wrote well, a song about how much you hate them. No,
0: no. Well, and that has something about Mike Mart's mom in it too, but that song
2: that's a good
4: song—that
0: mm. that song never came out, Lash. So, so, get, so, get this. So, oh, so, geez. fast forward like twenty-five years. I'm, I'm just going to say it because it's name dropping. And if Pete Weiss here this to go, you're such an ass kisser, name dropper. So Johnny Depp was obsessed with the Bicycle Thief record. Apparently, he just played it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And he played one particular song, Hurt, over and over again. He'd get drunk and he'd play it for people and tell them about it. So my friend Josh Richmond, who Mike Martin knows, and I think Elijah knows, says... I hate your band. He sees me. <laughs> <at a laughs>
4: club, like, <laughs> I hate your
0: band. It's so all I fucking hear at Johnny's house is you can't hurt me. And he starts singing it like I fucking hate that song. and I hate your band. And, I, and seeing it is traumatizing for me. So <laughs> I, I said, I said, I totally understand. I had the same experience with no doubt. But they didn't take it the way that I'm taking it.
1: you know because someone wasn't slagging them off from the stage (laughs) it was a friend but that's what radio does to us with with acts they beat us over the head with one song until we even if we like it to begin with we go i don't want to hear that fucking song again as long as i live that's why i jump around all the time Uh, and that's why i don't I, I will listen. I am that kind of weirdo that'll listen to one album by a band day in, day out for a few days on my commute and stuff, just because I get in I get stuck in these little grooves where it's just like it just fits. Um, but I understand you know, I
0: try I understand I try not to burden it with other people, but I know that Karma Chameleon, I drove the Thelonious Monster Guys nuts with, Borderline, I drove Anthony Ketis with nuts with because he is my roommate. And then Rush, Farewell to Kings. When it came out, Keith Morris lived with me. And he, he was like, I, you can't just play that record over and over again. You
4: just can't, <laughs> you can't do that. Like you, you know. Can't.
0: So then I come I home. Learned. I come home. <laughs> I walk over to the turntable in the living room. This is when we lived on the fountain. I walk over and I'm going to put it on. Farewell to Kings. I loved that record. And uh, it's not there. And he's sitting in the living room, and he goes, you might want to check in the freezer. And I go in the freezer, (laughs) and he's taken a Ziploc bag, and he's filled it with chocolate milk, and put the vinyl inside the chocolate milk and kind of sealed (laughs) it up so that it was frozen into the chocolate milk. And he goes, that's where where that piece of shit
2: belongs. That's one of my (laughs) favorite stories, man. That is one of my favorite stories. And
0: also- P. Weiss took the, the Culture Club's cassette and threw it out the window of the Monster Band. Elijah, I was like, I watched it go sailing by. I was like, that's the, one of the greatest albums ever made right there
2: that you just he, threw he out. He knows about your dad, too. It's because he was in Orange County and he thought, I can make some chaos here, man. I can, <laughs> I can upset some fucking people, man. This is going to be great.
1: <laughs> man, so, so you're telling me you're the reason that people got upset at rush and why do people dislike rush let's
0: like, i know we're gonna get into elijah's childhood and what it is being a dad and i wanted to do that but first let's talk about rush why do people <laughs> hate rush so much like people Cause of, people of hate him his,
1: his voice can be great he's the greatest the voice it.
0: and it's different than john oh, anderson's voice
3: of yes it's the same voice. oh not a
1: kind of no
3: yeah if you don't like one you don't like the other
1: no, yeah, I, they're they're in the same category, but I think they're a little
4: different. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> the same arm, different vein. I, I just, it's the same, way, same, same way Davey Havoc kind of makes me crazy when I listen to AFI. Sometimes he just hits that range where it's just like kind of helium-ish and it sounds cartoony.
0: Yeah. Ronnie James Dio, same thing.
1: No, there's grit in his voice. It's a totally different feel. There's
0: well, great. anyways,
1: but there's like <laughs> you know, who great. the
2: fuck would know? I wouldn't know. Jesus Christ, Mike, have you never thing. liked
0: Rush? Your whole life, you never, never got really, into
2: Rush. I've, I've never liked Rush. I've never like. Uh, well, I like Black Sabbath, Ronnie James Dio. Yeah, <laughs> Heaven and Hell. Right? But I can't really figure out, you know, why. <laughs> 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 Probably Tony Iommi's I to guitar think. playing.
4: I, had it, the it thing. I missed
3: different. classic rock in the moment. And so I, I, you know, all I knew of Rush growing up was like was moving pictures, which I couldn't stand. Uh, I, yeah, thought I, don't, I, I, I don't
0: like that record. I don't like it. I,
3: I thought I hated Rush. And then my friend Marty, that used to play with me, Marty Sodomon, put me on to a million bands. He's like, I was like, I hate that. He's like, no, you don't. Listen to 2112. Yeah. No, you don't hate Elton Listen to this. No, you don't just you don't hate uh <laughs> King Crimson. You've never heard King Crimson. Listen to this record. Yeah, he put right. me on to a lot of things. So,
0: so Elijah, yeah. as you can see, Chuck, Elijah has a love of music that I do and that we all do. Yeah. And but being a drug addict's kid ain't easy. Nope. But <laughs> I but but let me say that it's an easy thing to manipulate too and blame everything on. As because oh, yeah. so because Elijah. Chuck has adult kids too. That where he ha- was parenting in his disease, and yes, sir. you know, and I happened to be lucky enough to counsel one of them, and <laughs> I and I took what I remembered with Elijah because because yeah, there's a lot of responsibility in the parents of uh, the addict parents in the child's inability to focus or be in school or do all this or that. But there is a line where you just can't go. No, you can't blame everything on that. And I think yeah. rehabs do blame everything under the sun on addict parents. And I don't think it's fair. Because I it wasn't Elijah had that Bob Forrest fuck you attitude. It's genetic. It's not because of his childhood. That's what I think. It's genetic. It's an I oppositional it. defiance yeah. that's genetic.
1: That's called oppositional defiant disorder. <laughs>
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's actually, uh, we talk, it's about you talk about it a lot.
1: It
0: comes from the environment. I think it's genetic.
1: I think I think that's true. I think some of us just are, and some of us it's learned. So it's easier to unlearn. But some people just got it in them. I know I've got some Aspergers or something going on because I say the wrong things at the wrong time to the wrong people. I try not to, but it just happens.
0: And at the time, the critical times in Lijah's life one was I was too hard on him and I was Mr. AA and I wanted my kid to be an A student and I wanted him to be gracious and I wanted this and I wanted that because he was <laughs> an extension of me blah 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 and so he rebelled against that yeah but then there's this yeah. other level to he and I one night he didn't listen to me and he's wow. still paying for that night he's still paying for not listening to me that night and that was simply <laughs> that? this he, you had to go to summer school that was the deal to stay at Emerson or something. And you said, I'm not going to summer school. I said, and I bargained with him first. I was, uh, authoritarian. <laughs> I was authoritarian. That didn't work. You're going. Okay. He's like, no, I'm not going, I'm going, you're going, yeah, I'm not going. And I realized, He's not going. <laughs> <Like> the <authoritarian. laughs> so, so then I tried yeah. to level with him, like, listen, it's only six weeks and you can skip a lot of days and whatever, just bargaining, right? So authoritarian doesn't okay. work, bargain. But you have did you, to do this.
4: Did you because beg? I couldn't,
0: uh, and then I brought I think I said, Well, you know, I'll do whatever you want you do it. <laughs> what and Buy that? you a pony. Yeah, what do you need? Buy you a <laughs> pony. And he said. No, I'm not I'm not going to summer school. And I said, Then you're not living here. And he said, Then I'll move back to my mom's house. That was a fucked up night, Ooh. Elijah. Yeah. That was a fucked up night. <laughs> and, and maybe. And it was wasn't it fucked up that you moved back apartment. there? That but was, could we have done that a different way? Because I relived that night like over and over again. And and I never get myself into positions with Elvis that way. Because I knew, like, okay, being the authority about something that the kid is really Fucking, you know, dug their feet in on. You're gonna fucking look like an asshole because you're gonna give in and you're gonna lose. And the okay. and the and the begging bargaining doesn't work. So can I we, just try to. Anytime I feel that real force, of I'm not gonna, I just back away and just drop it. Now, what you but do, that was over there going to summer school.
1: Can we do this, Elijah? What what, yeah. what did you What do you think about when you think about that time? What goes
4: through
3: your mind? It's a complicated time to look back on. Like, I made, you know, I was making a lot of, I couldn't wait when I was a little kid. I couldn't wait to be an adult. And I hung out with adults (laughs) like they were my friends. And I Mm -hmm. thought I was making adult decisions and that I was, you know, smart and well informed. Moving back with my mom. I love my mom and I love her husband. Moving back in with them where I was developmentally at that time it was a bad decision.
0: Well, no, it but was- what I was saying, hold on one second. I just want to add this being with me for four years and then going back to them, that was not going to work. It was never, ever going to work at my house. Chuck, you can stay up as late as you want, but you got to get right. up in the morning. You right? hearing- go, go record shopping at eight thirty at night. When you're 12 years old, go out to canners till ten thirty. You can't go from that lifestyle to, oh, well, looks like it's time for bed. McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, they were school... What, his mom's a nurse, his stepdad's a school teacher. They're up at 6 a.m. Like, I'm not up till whenever. I don't know when. You know, yeah,
4: like...
0: I- 11's good. 11's a good time to get up at that time in my life. I was a this musician is just funny again. Thing
3: i I split the difference between you guys now. Every day that I work, I'm up at like 540. And every day I have off, I'm up at noon.
1: I don't know what that is. (laughs) Well, That's called equal time parenting. (laughs) We
0: both both made our points, right? Mm -hmm. But but there is that. And I want to help parents because I just don't like blaming the parents about everything. I just don't think it's true. I think our whole society does it now. It's just not true. And you get the cards you've dealt. Like whatever, you know, when I think about, and I hate to say this, like there's, there's a lot of people with a lot of fucked up hands dealt to them and they, they go to college and they succeed and they whatever, and they're more traumatized than I hate to say it are princely and princessly white kids that go to rehab, Chuck, that we deal with.
1: There's Why do you really think I never ridiculous. wanted to go to rehab? Because <laughs> 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 it's full of them soft kids.
0: <laughs> okay. yeah, I did a shitty job half the time raising Elijah. But he uh, one, I must have done something right because he's never been in rehab, Chuck. That's one of my, like, he's a great. Here, here's another thing. At his worst, he was still the most gentle, kind person. I don't know if that that's and I tell no, Dr. Drew that and he goes genetics. that's genetics yeah, yeah
1: I, I got I, I'm sorry I beat you to it on that one but that's just that's in his bones is it you really genetics because, uh,
0: is ki- kindness is genetics I,
1: I think you know that's one of the most world famous arguments is nature and nurture and but the, you're going back to it when you when you adopt when you go to buy a dog you don't ask what city it was born in you look at its parents Right. Yeah, yeah. So
4: it's so complicated,
3: anyways. though, too. I, I, I feel like uh, the closer, the more intimate my relationship with somebody, the more critical and complicated I am to deal with. I think that's for a lot of people, or a lot of addicts. Like I'm kind to strangers. I was raised with manners. I went to church six days a week until Bob got sober. <laughs>
4: and then if I'm in a
3: relationship, you know, I have a I have a baby. I have oppositional defiant disorder. I have a baby with someone who has oppositional defiant disorder. It's great.
1: <laughs> well, you know, you know that, but it's perfect because you have a mirror. I mean, this yeah. is the thing: is we can knock the sharp edges off things. It, yes it is but it's but it's a beautiful thing when you we, i mean it's, just, it's so natural to rage against a parent because we want to differentiate ourselves you know the um to be an individual autonomy elijah, was, is, is elijah right.
0: was elijah was so great when alvis was born i remember this one time where he got him out of the old volkswagen car seat and he was holding him and we we're all three standing there and he goes dad it's three generations of forest and i go "No, i'm not technically it's not no it's not and i want to have that moment with isaiah where we go yeah it's three different generations and we went to the bowl a couple weeks ago and we've done things that we haven't really realized this is three generations of forests yeah right it is weird now let's go into this because i gotta hold on
3: i gotta i gotta jump off for just like two minutes okay
0: okay right there we
4: are <laughs> so
0: so you worked you worked uh, uh Flognor, right the, the, over the weekend yeah
4: yeah I was and, there. Just you the know show, I I just-
0: it, so elvis told me you're there and they told me where you were and they wouldn't let me in there i couldn't get well, in there
3: i don't know they they i didn't know this is the funniest thing because it was the craziest changeover it was from uh from dua lipa to tyler the creator both had huge stage shows Oh, okay. I know, but
0: I know. I'm I'm Bob Forrest, Elijah. They wouldn't <laughs> let me in there. I don't know if you know who I
3: am. Well, I didn't know That's how three twelve-year-olds. I, like. I didn't know how three twelve-year-olds had gotten onto the stage <laughs> in the middle of this this insane workload going on, and uh, and oh, then Elvis, right when
4: Elvis
0: Elvis gets around, I think that. Because he goes around with his two friends from school, and I think they think that it's like one of the bandmates' kids or something. Because he yeah, was on stage. Elvis was on Yeah, but you, can, I, can, I had an artist pass. I couldn't get back there. It, it, when you're a kid and you're walking around with the artist pass, they just assume you're the artist's kid or, or something, right? So he was on stage during Judas Priest that Desert
3: Trip.
2: I, I, I couldn't even get in me. the backstage
0: will area. I was like, how you did you get time. back
3: there?
4: <laughs> this is the funniest thing. He's I don't know how
3: I don't really know how he does it either, because he calls me fr- FaceTimes from there while Jews Priest is, is wrapping up.
0: And Chuck, he's and- standing on the stage like 10 feet away from Rob the singer. Like he's not just he standing this- out in the back. He just walks up like he owns the place. <laughs> Sound familiar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
3: he's got that. He's got the pre-teen or no, he's a teenager now. He's got the teen big shotism. It's going great.
0: So, anyways, I try to go back there, Elijah, and they say you can't go here. I go, I hold it out, and then I'm like, "How is my kid back here?" And they and they just looked at me and they he signaled me to just walk away, like this guy, this security guy. Like I've had enough talking to you. Go away. And he kind of signaled that I go in the VIP area. Now I'm very important but I'm more important than the very important people. I want to I want to give this I don't want to blow it because we're sponsored by Live Nation, but there is very important people and then there's and then there's the important people and then within the important people there's the super important people. I have always circled around the super important people. And I'll give you a testimony, testimony after willow smith plays me and sid and i just are walking around who walks up to us and goes hey remember me jaden smith just sang summertime in paris on stage comes up to bob forrest to say hi get a picture with sid he's the most gracious kid man that guy that guy's amazing that kid
4: he's so open
0: how do you know this chuck i'm going to tell you jaden smith is probably the nicest kid that I've met in ten years, and his dad's the guy that yelled, "Get the fucking words out of you know out of your mouth and
4: punch the guy."
0: So how did how does that how does that work in your trauma system, Chuck?
4: I mean, he had
3: like thirty he had thirty years of bottling it up and being the nice guy, and then he lost his mind for you know a couple of minutes.
4: Yeah. <laughs> oh. And,
3: and that I,
1: just tells me, in about forty years, watch yourself around Jaden.
0: No, I'm oh, telling you, I believe <laughs> that rehab has a real amateurish attitude about personality disorder and genetics and what causes what. I really do, and we have got to be more sophisticated. The greatest thing, Doctor Manning told me at Los Angeles early on, because the doctors hated that a drug council was equal to them. They fucking hated it. They hated oh, it well, from the time. Anymore. From the time I was equal to them till the day I left, they hated it. So I'm sitting in the, uh, in the uh, what is it called? The doctor's lounge where I'm allowed to eat. I don't have to eat with the nurse's staff and I don't have to eat with the clients. I can eat in the doctor's lounge. So Los Encinas are very old and traditional. So I'm sitting there late at night, when I, 9 o'clock at night, Dr. Manning comes in. We're shooting the shit, you know, we're the same. I'm a drug counselor. He's a psychiatrist. We're just same talking shit. shop. Yeah. And he said one of the most <laughs> profound things. We were talking about how to understand borderline personality and addiction and how you screen it out and what the difference is. He said, listen, no one is a diagnosis. It's everybody's just them big mess of all these different signs and symptoms. And the reason why we label things is so we can bill. (laughs) That's what he said. That's That's one of the smartest psychiatrists in the world. And, and he just said it was the idea that somebody is borderline personality or somebody is bipolar. It's just because the, the, the DSM gives us the ability to quantify the symptoms, say it's this, come up with a treatment and bill for it. And, and that's the truth. So I've always thought like everybody's just a mishmash of a bunch of different things. And our job as humans is to figure it out ourselves out
4: and how not much project that
0: others. And how what? much that
2: costs.
0: <laughs> no, you can yeah. figure it out. You can figure it out. So, so I have narcissism. I have childhood trauma. I have, I have uh, obsessive compulsive personality um, and I can be a, aware of these things and try to minimize its impact on other people. That's the responsibility of the individual. Yeah. And, or if you're and comfortable, rehab, you can just keep re- going. But rehab right? encourages the belief that you don't have any responsibility in it. I believe that. I believe because, rehab because, suggests... Huh?
1: Right. When people go, uh, it's primarily females, but then when they go, what do you expect? I'm BPD. No, Whoa, you don't yeah, that. BPD. I BPD. Plenty okay. of
3: dudes
1: that say that shit. <laughs> yeah, that's <there's
0: laughs> Elijah, <laughs> you got to understand My Elijah's a part of the BPD well, w- well, who told you who told you you weren't? Who told you how to deal with it? Elijah, Shelly. Shelly's Shelly's yeah. not a psychiatrist, yet she knows more about personality problems and how to how to address them and how to deal with them. She was Elijah's uh, therapist for off and on for a, quite a while, right? But
3: uh, Not that long, but she helped me out a lot with getting yeah. perspective on you, some of the stuff I
1: was dealing with. Do you believe that um, you believe that that's one of the things that might have ailed you at one, ailed you at one time is a borderline personality disorder?
3: Well, now that I thought I, it was such a dark secret to be diagnosed as that by when I was 12 years old and I was on two medications that one mixed, cause clinical depression, which I'm probably already... Like you know, gonna have, genetically have a disposition for. It turned out that my acne medication and the and the antidepressants, which I kept asking to get off and fighting being on, were were they caused a side effect? And that, so was, then that, at that was that was.
0: And this is Chuck. Let's start right there. I remember it was in Long Beach, in another you know, not far where yeah. you where you got, got diagnosed. And I was like, "He's not. How would you know? He's fucking twelve years old." Chuck, they he was so eager to diagnose him and put him on medicine at 12 years old. It was shocking to me.
3: I think right? my my therapist at the time too, I think he might have had a deal with the with the medication or the, the vendors or whatever because it wasn't working. And he was like, well, you know, now, nowadays I know people that are pretty young or younger than me that have been on a bunch of different cocktails where the doctor is trying to figure out what works. This shit wasn't working. And the guy was like, how about more of
1: it? How about
4: less of it? How about, <laughs> yeah. You know, no, let's, right.
1: the, let's not change the drug. We, we need to add this to it to make it work differently. Boost bar, boost bar. I like that's, boost that's, bar. They add to it. They add boost they, bar to boost it. There's been a lot wow. of there's been a lot of uh, like uncovering of the unscrupulous business business practices. I mean, it took oh, yeah. Purdue Pharma and everything for people to even see it. But what a bunch of horse shit it was and the marketing and in the advertisement. But but you know what it
0: does, Chuck? But you know what it does is it removes my responsibility for what's wrong with him. Oh, he's got (laughs) this. Right? It's not me. It's not me being a shitty dad or being a drug addict. It's, oh, he has this diagnosis. And for some reason, Gloria Scott was able to get, no, he's fucked up because of you. And I was like, no, 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 (laughs) you don't understand. He has, and he uh, has depression. He has, to, he has this thing, Gloria. You're not listening to the doctors.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, he, it, it seems like he can't hear me. It's
0: like, he, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so, so that phone. didn't work. And then and I, I'm going to say, well, I, I don't know and I don't want to know. And I don't even think Elijah knows, but I do well, know the night it happened that I became aware of it. So Gibby Haynes from Butthole Surfers, for those of you at home, pretty crazy guy, pretty known to be a little outlandish, He's like Elijah's, like, surrogate uncle, He's staying at our house. I'm up in my bedroom. Gibby comes upstairs panicked. He goes, Elijah's all fucked up, man. He's all fucked up. <laughs> Elijah was, like, 12 years old. I go, get the fuck out of little... here, Gibby. Huh? 13, I think maybe? I was like 14, 15. 14. I, cl- yeah. I,
3: rem- I don't remember much of it, but I remember that I, I thought I had the, the room to myself. I think I'd snuck out and I climbed in your office window, and Gibby's just sitting there like hello. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the first time I I he's back first in. Time, Chuck, uh, this the first time he's exposed to being fucked up on drugs and drunk as a teenager, it's by Gibby Haynes uh, of the butthole surfers. And Gibby was like he was like a grandma, like we gotta do something, get, we gotta make some coffee. We gotta do something. We gotta do something. let
4: get him out, you
1: get him out in the fresh
4: air, so
1: imagine, it off.
0: Imagine your first time you're fucked up and you get caught, and Bob Forrest and Gibby Haynes are trying to sober you up. Like that's a fucked up life right there.
3: I got two things I got two things with, with Gibby, where he was the first adult to catch me fucked up. He also helped teach me how to
1: swim. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no,
0: <but I> was- <laughs> uh,
1: yeah that's it That's did even know they swam in texas
0: and uh there's another time i was living at the hotel behind the viper room and i don't know how old you were probably this is probably nine this is before that's where he taught me night. how to swim the Bellagio nine. back in the day uh, okay yeah so i was living in this hotel chuck i was not wealthy somebody forgot that they put it on their credit card and i stayed there for like <laughs> long time. So does Shane McGowan. Shane McGowan was there in another room. So, so I'm, I got a cop and I'm sick and I finally get some money. Um, and I gotta go cop and, but I don't want to take Elijah with me. He's still asleep. So hunt sales is there with me. Hunt <gasps> sales, the great drummer of lust for life. Uh, and he, he, I'm not going to say that he battled his, his demons, but we were battling them together. And I said, I smoked heroin I, with him. Yes, I, he had I, a bad I, one. Okay. So I, I said, Hunt, <laughs> Hunt. And I'm waking him up on the couch in the living room. And I say, Hunt, I'm going to go downtown. And he goes, Okay. And I go, My kid's in the bedroom. And uh, I don't think he heard that part. I don't think he heard the kids <laughs> in the bedroom. <laughs> so I left him. And somehow one thing led to another where I didn't come immediately back. You know how that happens, Chuck, where some, one thing yeah. leads to another? And next thing you know, know, it's been like three hours. I come back, Hunt's gone. Elijah's just in the hotel room by himself eating cereal. And I'm like, where did Hunt go? And Elijah's like, who? And I was like, so so imagine if that happened in 2023, where a five-year-old's alone (laughs) in a hotel, or first off, just left with Hunt Sales. Second, Hunt Sales leaves, forgets the kids there, and the kid's just alone in the hotel. What would happen to that parent these
3: days, Chuck? I don't know. It wouldn't, uh, be, it wouldn't be good. But <laughs> there's a thing. I'm really comfy in hotels. I don't know where it is.
4: <laughs> you know, <laughs> if I really you were like
1: <laughs> I like them, too. Uh, you know, you if you were popular enough, you would have been on TMZ.
0: That's true. <laughs> and, oh, that's yeah. true. Or, uh, you know, if it was would, some other people. Put,
1: they would have connected you to enough people that it would have been on TMZ.
3: Shane was and, there too, and, and, right, Elijah? You and, met Shane then, or no? I don't remember, and I feel like he would. I would remember meeting
0: <laughs> 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 Shane. I at that point in time. Any I
4: point do in time, two
0: things about Shane. One, he's still alive. Fucking think about that, the, you guys. Shane McGowan is still fucking rocking. Huh, he's huh, still huh. out there. That's think of all the people we know that have died from when we thought he was going to die. 1988, 89, 90 to now 40 years. Think of all the people that you didn't think were going to die. Shame again. Still alive. So that's one. Number two, the one of the greatest moments of my life, I was driving him to Sal's house, Mike. And, uh, huh. we were kind of drunk and I had, and, uh, I was in that blue truck, the old blue pickup or whatever Johnny's old blue pickup, and I'm driving, and I uh, I started. It was it was Christmas time, so I started singing "Fairytale in New York," and he joined in, and we started we sang it together in my truck, driving down Sunset Boulevard. It was Christmas Eve, baby, a drunk time, and oh, that was all to me. That was one of the greatest <laughs> moments of my life. And without heroin and methadone and crack cocaine and alcohol, that never would have happened, Chuck. I would not have no, one not of the greatest that. moments of my life
1: if it weren't for drugs. Well, then all the kids should get out there and
0: but they're not know. having, they're not singing fairy tale in New York with Shane McGowan. They're going from rehab to rehab, Chuck. They're not no, singing. I know. <laughs> i know unless <laughs> sniveling, unless sniveling and complaining is the same thing as singing fairy tale in new york they're not living that life but um so elijah let's get into your disease you're two years one month sober right now is that correct sir
3: two years and let me look i, I go by days all the time i love days. you have the you have the app oh my god two, you're such two an a cliche you're two point AA one cliche. Six years 2.16 years. Actually sober. <laughs> all right. <laughs> really sober.
0: And, and so for most people who grew up in AA, they hated it. It never works for them. How come it works for you? Because it really is. Usually if you were in Alateen and Alateen and all that fucking shit, right? you hate AA.
3: <laughs> but so somehow is, I'll you, say,
0: you you like AA. I'll say
3: this. I, I'll say this. Uh, I never wanted to join it was your it was your thing it was how you transformed your life i always figured i was gonna find my own or something or noise music was gonna save my life i don't know
4: but like
3: (laughs) but like like, uh i meet a lot of people i know a lot of i've made a lot of friends in the program whose parents have long-term sobriety i made another friend on this trip to miami whose parents have long-term sobriety one in ca and one in AA. and um, i always
0: use i always use like well Chris Hoy's mom was a big AA Her dad. His mom or dad were big AA and he had a hard time. Yeah. He hated it. And, and then a couple other friends and then the combination of whether if your parents were in AA Chuck, or you were mm-hmm. sent away to one of those teen boarding schools, it's really hard to accept AA. That's what I, but for Elijah, it wasn't in the end when, when you did exactly what, I did, which was you went, you kept fucking up, you'd lie, you went. You kept fucking up, you kept going. until oh, I just finally wanted to do the step
3: work. I don't know why I can't be high doing the step work. The steps help, right? Well, so I just want yeah, to do the steps. I don't want to be sober.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I always say the same thing. Uh, sobriety is a big part of sobriety. It's a huge part. I know, Chuck, the steps are important to you. I know that, Chuck. Mike. <laughs> Mike, they're not so important to, and everything in between. But this overemphasis of the steps does create, like, Elijah's like, he's working the steps while he's smoking pot. I I hear it all the time. <laughs> Didn't you do that, Elijah?
3: Yeah, a couple times through. A couple, <laughs> you know.
0: What
4: is the point and then, of that? You're supposed and to and stop you, smoking pot.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's
3: the whole point. But I But, you know, I thought that I just needed to. And then when you're high, like, no matter what I was high on, like, you're not able to do the. You're not able to do five. You're terrified.
4: <laughs> Part of being high
3: is being fucking terrified all the time. It's like, or for my generation, I don't think you guys had
0: that. Sometimes. Well, you can pick your. Uh, you can pick. Well, your, you you can have easier, better weed. Can, Let's put it
1: you that way. Pick,
0: you can pick we your easiest that, ones. Yeah. You know, uh, when I finally went through, you know, I, I went through it superficially a couple times. When I finally went through it. Gloria Scott said the opposite of what I had been advised. Like uh, she said, "What are you most af- who are you most afraid of on this list?" And I said, "I know where this is leading. I'm not going to tell you. Nope, nope, I'm not going to tell you <laughs> because <laughs> you could tell in her voice that that was the person you were going to go see tomorrow." And I was like, mm-hmm. "No, no, 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 no." And, but it was, it planted a seed in my head. Like eventually you got to go deal with that
1: person. Right. Yeah. And yeah, Which is, she, which is really what it's about facing fears at the end of the day and not running but it, from it, shit. it
0: Also, I've had some amends
1: go really wrong or not, not uh-huh. wrong.
0: Just like, like, like maybe they, <laughs> maybe that wasn't the right day to do that amends. I've had great ones, great Can ones that went really along? well yeah i've taken you just a, you, were, <laughs> you took me to, one. to, took
4: okay,
3: took me to one and the guy you took me to one and i stayed in the car and the guy pulled a gun on you
0: yeah yeah that was, Jay, <laughs> that was jason jason he's dead now um
4: but
0: but then no but then i ended up sponsoring him and he had you know he was a mike knows him anyways uh but, yeah, when you're, a, when, you're, when you're a single dad in AA working as a messenger, your kid goes everywhere with you, Chuck. You don't know that? You didn't live <laughs> that life? I was like, never a messenger. I, had to, I would go on 12-step calls and bring Elijah. I wanted him to get scared of what he was seeing.
4: So and was he scared. did.
0: And he <laughs> did get scared. <laughs> I met think a Methadone Jack and fucking Fashante, Elijah was at their 12-step their calls like fucking out of their minds like it was good I remember I remember on Jack came
3: do you think it's you? Think, on Jack came and did a 12step call for you too when we were on Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. I remember that right and I you know I always admired that thing about AA that you guys really that we really that, did the fellowship it. and friendship really meant, it was it was special to watch you guys do that for each other. And it was scary as hell to see you guys struggling, and it, it just, it just is.
4: Well, yeah, and when he's taking you,
2: yeah, when he's taking you to, uh, to amends with a guy with a shotgun. <laughs> I don't
4: know what kind <laughs> of gun it was. I was shotgun. in the car. <laughs> it wasn't was, a shotgun. It, it
1: wasn't. Was, he
0: wasn't going to kill me. He just wanted to scare me and say that I wasn't forgiven.
2: Jason so, was a scary dude, man.
0: He was. You know who <laughs> I'm talking about, right? Yeah. And I and one of the and that was so stupid. I'd ripped him off or something, stole some dope from him. Why am I going back to like a gangster telling him I stole his dope? Like that's no good. Who who directed right. me to right.
3: that?
4: yeah, That's I
0: mean?
3: a good question. But you good didn't question. check with your sponsor before you did that one. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs>
4: that's what I did. We seek counsel well, I had two that. different yeah.
0: chains of thought. Double B used to say you never make amends for anything to do with drug use or any of that life because because you're enabling that person's disease if they get sober then yeah but not while they're fucking using and then you got other people like you gotta fucking do you gotta face your fear you gotta go fucking deal with it gotta clean up your side of the Uh, street bro gotta clean up your side of the street bro doesn't matter what they did
4: doesn't matter what they
1: did yeah it doesn't matter what they said except when to do so would injure you or others Yeah, but you don't know whether (laughs)
4: you're going to get
0: injured when you're
1: going over there. Oh, I, I, if you're a dope dealer and I ripped you off, I know the odds are stacked towards (laughs) this isn't going to end well. (laughs) At least if you were my dope dealer, because they were, they didn't play.
0: And then amends it, because I stayed sober. And then the amends that all my friends made to me, one of them was, (laughs) one of them was the craziest thing. I won't say who it is, but. Uh, Mike knows them very well he comes mm-hmm. over to my house he makes this big deal and then like you know it was this stuff and I was totally not like you know We're we, I get it it's all I, I love you and you're doing great and you're a good dad and all that then he comes to this thing and he goes and I want to say something that just really bothered me because I know you helped so many people and whatever that you know I used to talk a lot of shit about you to build myself up Uh, You know, like to, to the the people in the scene or drug dealers or whatever. And I didn't need to know that. Like, I still don't feel the same way about the guy. Like really, Mm -hmm. like, you you know, if you're talking shit about somebody 20 years ago, you got to tell them like when, you know, like that was unnecessary, I felt. We want to make amends for talking shit about yeah, you. No, because it didn't. You know? It
1: didn't make amends because he hadn't caused you pain until he told you. All he <laughs> did was inflict pain. This is why <laughs> we have sponsors to walk us through this shit. Yeah, but
4: living it's a amends. Bunch of idiot sponsors. You don't think that guy had a
0: sponsor telling him to, yeah go over there and talk to Bob and tell him Go tell
1: him something he doesn't know that will hurt him for the rest <laughs>
0: of his
4: life. This is a I, good idea. I, I,
0: well, I'm saying it was like we talked for like an hour and then it was like this afterthought. He said, yeah, and I really something that really bothers me now that I think of it. So it was he didn't go over there t- intending to tell oh. me that. But we had this rump roaring conversation and uh, rip roaring conversation. Say, did you just say rump R- roaring? Rip roaring. Rip <laughs> roaring. No, it was all over the place. But the most beautiful amends the one I was scared of, I said, and it was, this is like what I'm saying is, I didn't make an appointment to go over to his house. The guy just was at my house one day on descanso live, and we were sitting in the kitchen, and I just started. And he said, is this a, your immense? And I was like, I think so. I don't know. And he's in AA too. And then he, after I finished, he made amends to me. It was one of the most, we both cried. It was so beautiful. And then we acted like it didn't happen because we're men, but it was one of the most beautiful things. Uh, it really was beautiful. And and if I had to like make an appointment with him or go to his house, it wouldn't have gone that way. Chuck. That's all I'm saying. It was just so beautiful and organic. And
3: I, I you know. think that's a big problem with the amends process or that, that, part of the steps for my generation because we've all uh blocked one another and you know blamed one another and shut down on friendships so hard that we don't get to organically you know i can i can uh reach out to you know one of my best friends that i'm estranged from bob and you've known him for 20 something years and i can reach out on What, Instagram? And he cannot respond. (laughs) Yeah, and but (laughs) also, and
0: and, this is true because I've watched Elijah try to do this. And the other thing is they're scared of the conversation also. They don't want to feel anything. They don't want, so they don't want to have the conversation. So they just don't allow you to make the amends. I think there's a lot of that going on with millennials. I think millennials don't know how to sit down and forgive each other. I think they don't.
3: Not at all. Not at all. Um, you know, like this person, I I'm willing to just I want to say it and I want to get it off my chest. I want to. There's things, yeah. I guess I'm thinking about it in the context of this conversation. There's things that I have wanted to say that I probably shouldn't say because they're things that would hurt him that he doesn't know about. Right. But the, it it would be a two way street. It would be, you know, he's. Oh, you're he's, hoping he's,
0: it. You're hoping
3: it will. No, be, I'm not hoping, a, but it's not. You're no i have it. to accept that no i have to accept that it's that i need i feel the need to do it and it's not reciprocal but man i know all the shitty things this guy did to me
0: <laughs> right right you
4: know,
3: it pray, doesn't ultimately it's matter it's my sobriety pray. it's not his sobriety. i know, taught I, I, know I
0: taught you to be an atheist but you got to pray about that because that, it'll I never don't. work
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I do. Hey, I'm a hardcore atheist and I pray all the damn time.
4: That's how the program, how the program so, works.
0: And I, I tell you, Chuck, I don't know if I ever told this story, but I've been adamantly against prayer until I wasn't. And I got <laughs> after you know Gloria died and then I didn't have my grand sponsor. She was like, grand sponsor. Then I had a male sponsor because everyone was giving me shit for having a woman sponsor. And so I had this other guy, Bill, and everything was all right. And um, And then Gloria died and i was just kind of rudderless and whatever and i hit a bad patch um and i looked around my home group and i thought if i really did want to go through the steps of somebody who would i go through it with and i started looking at only the like six guys that had more time than me right and i they're all assholes not assholes chuck i'm not saying that but they're not i know too much about them I didn't even say anything, and you attacked me. <laughs> I saw your, I saw your temple twitch when I said. <laughs> <laughs> so, so no, it wasn't. It was just like the guys that had more time than me. I, I, I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't work. Like we had, you know, two heavier relationships or whatever. So I looked at this other guy that I helped get sober, and he had like half as much time as me. And I kept thinking about him week after week, like. He's actually a man I respect. He has a good marriage. Kids are good. He's a solid fucking guy. He doesn't preach at people. He doesn't ever talk about the steps. So I asked him to sponsor <laughs> me, and he thought I was joking because, you know, I am kind of a prankster, Chuck. Yeah. And he, he started laughing. Like, it was out in front of the men's sag on Thursday nights. And I was like, no, no, I'm not. I'm, and I, there was other people around. I was like, dude, I'm not joking. And he's like, Seriously? <laughs> And, um, and I said, no, you're a guy that I respect and whatever, I want to go through the steps. So we go through the steps and he keeps telling me, this is not AA shit. You need to go to Al-Anon. And I'm like, you need to do your job as an AA sponsor <laughs> and sit there and listen to this <laughs> list. And he wrote, I was at the Starbucks in, on Glendale Boulevard in Silver Lake. He wrote upside down while I was reading my fourth step to him, go to Al-Anon upside down aimed at me. On my fucking doorstep.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I mean he you'd said,
3: already you'd already been through the steps a few times or yeah, twice yeah. by that point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but yeah. I and get I, that. And I
0: was eight years sober or something, nine years sober or something, whenever Gloria died. How old were you when Gloria died? Sure.
3: I was maybe yeah, I would think I was 16 or 17. 16, so you
0: Yeah, eight years sober. So so get this. So I finally go to the women's club on La Brea, and it's all AA people. The fuck is that, Chuck? It's Al Anon. I thought I was going to meet <laughs> they more call people. It, they call it, what do they call it? Something winners. <laughs> yeah. Is it double, double winners? winners? Double yeah. winners. Yeah. yeah. But I went because yeah. it was convenient to my house. But I hated that meeting. The, the first time I went, my I also had a psychiatrist that, or a psychologist, Dr. Kim, that was telling me get Get the new uh, uh, step, wor- the, the new workbook from the Al-Anon meeting. And I kept blowing it off for months. And he finally said, you need to get it. So I walk up to the piano at the break. And I'm looking at it. It's like a four-step, Al-Anon four-step workbook or something. I'm looking at it. The woman selling the, the merchandise takes it. like so, She's talking to somebody that I'm next. And I go, I want to buy this. And she takes it from me. And she goes, are you on your four-step? Do you have a sponsor? Uh, and I was like, what the fuck? Kind of I said, you need to go to Al
1: Anon. That's what I told her. No, you, start, you just turn that on everybody. <laughs> you uh, need to go to Al Anon. I like it. I think that there's there was an slippery... Al Anon meeting
0: and she was buttoned into a stranger's business. That woman needs the steps.
3: Like, there's a slippery thing about, about Al Anon and Coda, too, where if you're not trying to do it to really get well, you you wind up doing it to pick who you're blaming your problems on, and to get up in other people's business. I oh, see yeah. it all the time right now. I had well, a friend I... warn me about CODA, about about why I shouldn't go to CODA, because I'll wind up, you know, I'm if I should focus on AA, do AA seriously, and that uh, if I felt the need for it in a while, if I had, you know, some serious sobriety, that I should maybe think about going to CODA. And they warned me that it was because you can use what you learn in CODA to blame other people for things that are going on in your life, feelings about yourself that you don't like. And the person warned me about it. And then about two months later, they did it to me. I was the devil, and they're not... (laughs) It was
1: um,
0: So, Chuck, what do they have down in Orange County? Is CODA popular in Orange County or just Al-Anon?
1: Al-Anon. Yeah.
0: I I think CODA is like a... Code is like a Hollywood phenomenon,
1: really. It really is. Yeah, maybe. Do you know
0: that there's Emotions Anonymous Santa in Pasadena? In Pasadena, there's Emotions Anonymous. Chuck, they even have a big book. You're powerless over your emotions, and your life have be- has become unmanageable. I was wow. like, what? The hell? Yeah, but it's be- just but be but it's beyond be- meds.
1: <laughs> but, it, but it's because of your parents. Yeah, well, That's all my no, parents, it's usually so. in that organization, it's
0: because of your spouse, really. So, oh. so I want to get to music, back to music again. So I've never asked you this question, Elijah, but there are, I believe I counted one time, there are two songs specifically about you. There are six references and verses about you in the four Thelonious Monster albums, oh. um, or the five Thelonious Monster albums. Does that make you feel proud? Weird? Do you think that there's shitty songs that we should have worked harder on? What do you think of the songs oh, about God. you?
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> all of, all of the above. <laughs> I, I think you should have well, worked harder. I think you should have worked harder on all of them. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's, that's between y'all. It was y'all's band. But no, I. I'm always, there's a real thing of like, uh, well, you play I'm on really, one
0: of them though. You play on the Elijah song, don't you?
3: I think so. I don't know if I wound up in the mix. I'm not credited on the Discogs.
4: <laughs> 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 but, <I'm> like, yeah.
3: <laughs> but I I know that I've always really been proud of my boy, just. And even if that wasn't about me, that's just a great song, Dad. That's Is about you. You, that's you. about you. I know, but it's a How great song. I played it for Gene, and, me and Bob uh, it's wrote just, that. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. So, so Mike, to be Mike, the Mike said, of such a beautiful it. song. Mike just said, "Me and
0: Bob wrote that."
2: Yeah,
3: I know, I know, right. I knew, I knew Mike had written. But
0: here's the thing, Mike Mart would never want to play it because i would say let's play my boy and he'd be like oh no nobody wants to hear
2: that that's bullshit i always <laughs> liked
4: it always you would play it at the
0: caves but you wouldn't play well, it you know because fits
4: more at a caves than at a rock show
2: <laughs> <Christ>.
4: <laughs> well it
3: fits at the folk show it doesn't fit at the rodgy's basement when everybody's trying to dance and fall down on coke. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, that, so, so,
3: um, Dance and Fall Down
1: on a
0: Little Bit Nervous has a reference to you. I forget, like, we're going to some movie or something. So I just wondered, like, what does it feel like? Because I have a couple songs written about me. I'm kind of proud of it, even though it's not a very good song. And, uh, wow. uh me and my friends, it's called. Uh, yeah, that's like that songs. Song. I mean, it's so fast you can't even hear what's going on. Really, let's face it. It But they don't. They, yeah. Did you know, Chuck? That uh, there's a Chili Pepper song about me. Did you know this, Chuck? I'm an important person. How I couldn't. Uh, How I couldn't get backstage at a Rex Orange County show. I have no idea.
1: Yeah, Bob. uh, That's in in the movie about you, Bob. (laughs) 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 Why did you over their age limit for this? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I just will never get over, for over that. Over 60.
0: If the guy would have said, "Hey, you have the wrong pass. Sorry, you need to go back to whatever or wherever you came from." He just signaled with his hand like, "Away and why don't you go back to the Ugboot VIP area?"
1: Away, away, go away. <laughs> maybe that's why <laughs> maybe you said something to the UG boot folks. <laughs> and they didn't want you maybe back I, there. Maybe
0: I look like an unboot
3: person. I don't
1: know. Do I,
0: like some <laughs> you old guys. Some old guys at a title of the creator show. Who? what the hell is this?
3: You know, I know maybe. a lot of the security, and I work with them on different festivals and they travel around with us and do different things. Maybe you big shot is that guy before. Oh, I I'm pretty recognizable. Again. I'm pretty you recognizable. <laughs> Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Won't be big shot again. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: I I'm nothing compared to Anthony and Norwood. They they have gone after security. Like I'm I'm the timid one. I'm just I just talk. I don't like get into fisticuffs with them.
2: Right. <laughs> Norwood almost <laughs> knifed that guy at
0: the elevator. Norwood <laughs> goes insane. Oh my goodness! If they touch him, he goes insane. They don't touch you anymore. You notice that? Back in the '80s, they touch you all the time. They fucking grab you by your shirt and push you, like get the fuck. You know you're not allowed in this area. Now they never sometimes touch you. Sometimes
3: people, sometimes people would prefer like a little physical confrontation to to the. Like I gotta say, Bob, you and I both we have. We have the gift of Gab. I've I've talked myself into handcuffs arguing with security. <laughs> I never put a hand. I never put a oh, hand on the that guy. That reminds but me I of the greatest
0: to... story ever. The greatest <laughs> oh, the no, 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 story no. ever. We gotta tell the golf cart story, can I?
2: Oh my god.
0: Uh, okay. I, I, won't, it, I won't
2: do it. Is I it okay? Is it, I don't know. Ah uh, go ahead and tell it,
3: Elijah. It was a big eye, it was a big eye opener for me. I
4: don't know how I'm just well, for
3: like five I'm months. Gonna
0: tell it. Hold on, Elijah. It's gonna start with a huge compliment. Elijah is the most humble, fucking hardworking dude, Chuck. You gotta understand this. He worked for Golden Boys for like three years, and Paul Tillett didn't even know that he worked for him. Right? So, yeah, so yeah. Bill <laughs> comes up to me, Bill Fold comes up to me and at Coachella and he goes. I know Elijah. It's your son. And I go, yeah. And he goes, he's a solid motherfucker. Right. So, so he, he, he works his way up at Coachella. I think he worked seven or eight years in a row. And he gets to the point where he's got his own golf cart, Chuck. And I find out about it day one, Friday morning. I got a different,
3: I got a different job. I got a job working for, uh, for a, sponsor a corporate sponsor yeah but it
0: doesn't matter the golf carts come come from golden Voice, and i see elijah there like one in the afternoon with a golf cart and i go right to paul and i say elijah has a golf cart and he goes i know you know he, he earned it and i go he shouldn't have a golf cart. He just—I trust me. He's my son. I know something bad is going to happen with this golf cart. And he goes, "Come on, are you joking?" And I go, "No, I just have this feeling like the golf cart's a bad thing." Yeah, being being a stage manager and stuff like that is great, but him having a golf cart. He's not that good of a driver for one thing. He's not Oh, oh I, wow. I said, I'm a great driver. I said, he didn't drive till he was like twenty-two. You didn't drive till, what, how old were you when you no, drove? I was, like
3: ni- 19. And I was yeah, driving without a license is, for I
0: mean, most kids at fifteen want to drive. And I just like, I don't like I I'm not into driving. Like what so
4: does, like-
1: does he sound like <laughs> Pete?
3: I just didn't want to get. I don't know why I didn't want to get a license. I don't like waiting in lines. I was a crazy kid, but I was stealing. I was stealing Colleen's Jeep from when I was like thirteen and driving around the hills in La Mirada and Turnbull Canyon. There yeah. uh, you go.
0: So, anyways, <laughs> the the golf cart thing didn't go well, and uh, and Elijah learned a huge lesson. But I and I and there was no satisfaction in being right, and it was kind of dumb, dumb what you got caught doing too it's like at least run over somebody or cause some trouble or whatever (laughs) well when i was saying you shouldn't have a golf cart i just thought you're gonna because elijah's tremendously impatient chuck and i don't know if you know the coachella you have to drive on these roads if you want to go to a place that's pretty close to where you are you have to drive like a mile and a half around the back of it and i just felt like elijah's gonna go across the, the campus. I, you're gonna go through the crowd to
4: get to well, the center. I also, wow!
3: <laughs> I was getting paid. I'll say this: I was getting paid an exorbitant sum of money for that for that job. Oh, is that and why I so
0: bad to get uh, removed of your job? <laughs> oh yeah, oh
3: yeah. But also, <laughs> but also, when you're getting paid this crazy amount of money to work for these, you know, these corporate. I don't want to say who they are or anything, but. It's Heineken, it's not
0: Heineken or something. It's all right. There's nothing a, wrong with corporations. They were a What's bank. wrong with corporations? they were a bank. Oh, a
3: bank. Oh, I didn't know they had banks <laughs> and they, there. Okay. And they're paying me way too much to be setting up their little corporate. Oh, it's a pro- corporate thing. party. Yeah, I and, get it. I get
0: it. We don't need to go there. We don't need to go. It's other people's yeah. business. The point is that yeah, I had a premonition. I just knew, and it didn't go right. And no, but, <laughs> humility, humility and work hard. Like uh, I saw you on one stage, I don't know where it was, the hootenanny or something. And I was like, how come you're the only one working? Cause it's like, <laughs> I don't know Chuck, if you've ever been to these places, there's like nine guys with the shorts and the, and the, and the uh, van tennis shoes and they all got the chain wallets and they all stand around and most of them don't do anything. At these concerts have you noticed that chuck mike you know work these, works Mike, work, mike work, works with these people like mike isn't there guys that just stand around all day for nine hours if they
2: don't want to get hired back yeah
0: yeah oh I, oh you got you you're not just hired
3: well somebody you know a bagel that used to work for porno for pyros told me a thing when i was really young he said he said, "Oh, you got fired from that thing. Oh, you got arrested. Oh, don't worry about that. It's a business of a thousand chances. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh,
0: maybe, maybe that's why they have the quality of people they have doing it."
3: <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, my my mentor that I've worked for forever, that you know, Bishop, he told me a thing about that there there are people where it's a profession there are people who are who want it to be their profession that want to learn and then if you're asked to get 25 guys hopefully the majority of that number are, are those two types of people and the third type is just making up the number you can't be angry at them for you know they don't do think, anything they don't I, know I anything did
0: i did it i always thought was <laughs> it's
3: free are you just view. making up the number dad
0: no no I was the, <laughs> well I wanted I wanted to get in free I wanted to watch the band and I wanted to drink for free that that's like why you wanted to work at a a concert hall or a, a club
4: yeah that's a drink
2: great, yeah that was that that's the third guy that
4: a yep, lot nice yep. I mean yeah.
3: there's a thing too there's a there's but I worked good, but uh, I
0: lifted shit I didn't have any I didn't have any qualms about lifting shit it's not that hard like you got to get it off the truck, get it up on the fucking stage, and then put it wherever it's supposed to go, and then you're done. It takes like 15 minutes. It, nah, avoiding doing that is a more. Yeah.
1: Uh, nowadays,
0: is, yeah. nobody playing back, instruments. And- this is back in general public. Remember that band? So, so yeah. for first time, first. Well, I worked for the Ramones. I worked for the Ramones for Charlie Gilreath in Anaheim uh, in like 1979. I worked at the Cuckoo's Nest doing the Doing the spotlight in 1979. I got $15 and I got to be in for free and I got to drink and I was under 21. What a great fucking job that is.
4: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right? I saw the
0: fabulous poodles. I saw uh, some of the greatest bands ever. Your Channel 3, Mike, I saw them there first time. That's not my Channel 3, Chuck's. Channel 3. <laughs> oh, is that Chuck's? <laughs> I, I like Channel I thought Three. Mike said they were the greatest band ever last couple podcasts ago. No, Go back and listen, Chuck.
1: <laughs> what is the band <laughs> you <laughs> the say? Greatest, greatest? No, you're the one that says is the greatest band ever. I just say people are good.
2: I, I told you. Yeah. I told you. Typically, two shows in a row that the crowd were the best Orange County band uh, that existed. The crowd. I love. They were that.
0: that. Well, the crowd. Well, let's just go. But you were too close to whatever his name was from Simple Tones. The Simpletones were the best punk rock band I ever saw because they were innovative. They were new. It was different. I saw them at Flippers Roller Boogie Palace on Santa Monica and La Siena playing in the middle of the roller rink. They were amazing, the Simple Tones. And didn't they have like I Like Drugs? I love drugs, wasn't there yeah, like, a song? Yeah, like, I like
1: drugs. It's yeah. so Game
0: great. 1979. Oh, so. In 1979, they're singing about how much they love drugs. How great a band is that? <laughs> I mean, think about that.
1: Probably the greatest band ever. They were one, they were one of them, I tell you.
4: Yeah.
0: The, the Flippers, Roller Boogie Palace had shows. Mike, did you go there? I saw Prince there. I did, I saw yep. the Go-Go's. I saw the Go-Go's there. I played I there so with Rick, many L. Great Rick, bands. Rick L. Rick, Rick L. with Simpletones, right? It was like a Beach yeah. Boulevard
2: yeah, exactly. show. Yeah, exactly. You played, were there? I was with Rick L. Rick. I played with Rick L. Rick. Yeah.
0: Okay, I now, was there. It, Mike, we knew each other even before we met. Look at that.
1: You see? But that, that Beach Boulevard record is still, I mean, the poor production and everything else behind it is so good. I still listen to it. I was listening it's probably, to that when I was
0: I just got back from the meat house. If what is the meat house? It, need- what is the meat house, Mike? I don't know, but they got our lovers hanging there. No, Mike plays on it. What is the meat house? I don't
2: know. It was an F-word song. It wasn't my song. Was Rick Rick wrote it, in, uh, the lyrics, in F-word. Uh, or the guy in, uh, what, Jim, Jim Wanker. But you didn't ask, like, hey,
0: Rick. What's the meat house? No, You're in a band and you don't around? even ask. <laughs> you don't even ask what the song the best song is about. No, why would I do that?
2: And also the Adolescents. <laughs> the adolescents are really like I just like those early punk rock bands from Orange County. Let's the- go through it. Let's go through it song by song. I bet you Elijah
4: knows
3: that, <laughs> <adolescence> <laughs> I don't really know that the Orange County Punk that Labs.
0: No, the Beach Boulevard album. It's got it got adolescence, Rick L. Rick, no. simple tones.
1: No adolescence. No
0: adolescence?
1: Amoeba's got, not on there? It's got, no, it's got F word. It's, it's got F word. It's got um, Rick L. Rick solo stuff. It's got the simple tones. It's got uh, the crowd. And... What's the crowd
0: songs? What are the songs by the crowd
1: on it? <laughs> uh, modern Machine. Uh, she's a modern
0: machine. She's a modern machine.
1: Desmond and Kathy. I know this and, album. Uh, you know what? I, I am so burnt right now. I can't okay, believe Alex. I'm still but, even talking. We should right, probably well, go.
0: We should probably go, but thank you so much. Elijah, Elijah you're on. the best, man. I love you, brother. You are the sweetest and best. Sometimes you're paying the ass,
1: but you are great. No, you <laughs> know what? You guys. I, so I, I don't even know me Elijah, and I really... I really I appreciate you more every time I hear you. Now, I don't Thank want people... You so much, here's the
0: thing about being a dad. I don't want people to say, hey, your son's really great. Like, that has something to do with me. It doesn't have anything to do with me. It's all genetics. It's actually just genetics. I think that. Well, I Don't, don't I, worry. I don't, I'm not don't a worry. big trauma guy. We know He's that. He's
1: self-made. He's self-made. <laughs> He's self-made. I'm <laughs> giving <laughs> that. Everybody's and I just want to get into the places you can't get into, Bob, so I'm going to be nice. <laughs> He, he's got something you don't got. He's got VIP plus.
3: <laughs> well, I never, I was going to say this about working in concerts. When you get really, when you get good at it, a, when you get to know what you're doing, people ask me who, like, who's playing tonight. I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, when it's, fa- I'll tell you when it's father, John, when it's good Miss music, Eve, when it's father, when John it's Miss real Eve,
3: music, you know, yeah, when it's real music, I know. And then the nine tenths of the time, even a good show happens at a place where I can get in easy. And I, I usually don't know what's going on because I'm working some EDM thing, and I'm just being good at my job and trying to tuck my head down, take care of my friends I work with. You know. Nice.
0: There you go. It That's all you can fine do. All right,
3: oh,
0: I love you. Talk to you later, Bob. Tonight. Do you know Jean? what? Do you know what EDM what? is? Electric like <laughs> dance music. Electric, electric Daisy. Daisy. <laughs> uh, no, cousin. that's the Electric Daisy Carnival. That's EDC. Yeah. I'm way down with dance music, Mike. I'm a, I'm a
1: genreless it's, it's, it's man. Electronic, though, not electric. I electric like Rush. I like
4: Rush and I like Fred again.
0: Rush and Fred again. <laughs> I saw Ice Spice. You know that she uh, only has six. she only has six songs. That's why she only played thirty minutes. I was like, I got there a little yeah. late. There's a band called, I a girl called Ice Spice, a woman called Ice Spice. i got to be exact here. There's a woman called Ice Spice, Chuck, that played at, at the Camp Flogna. Yeah, She's
1: awesome. I saw her on Saturday night. She's late.
0: awesome, yeah. So I get there like 10 minutes late, and literally 16 minutes later, it's over. And I'm like, how the fuck? She's like the headliner. And then I hear, yeah, oh. she only has six songs. See, you could be a headliner in today's world and only have six songs. All right, let's say
1: oh, good yeah. night. <laughs> wow. It's a, a different world. That's a different world. Love you guys. Nighty I'm sorry, night. guys. I pooped out. That's me.
2: All right, we'll see All you, right. Ryan. We'll see you everybody. Thank you, Elijah. Thanks for having
1: me, guys. Good
3: night. All right,
2: we'll see you. Anytime.